0: Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. This morning, I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, we're going to look at one verse together this morning. Romans chapter 4, verse 25, as we continue our series leading up to Easter 2021, a multi-facet Easter This dovetails with what we did uh, back at Christmas, these two important events uh, within the life of our church and the Christian calendar. So today, last week, we looked at prophecy, the facet of prophecy, and this week, we're going to look at the facet of miracles. Do you believe that miracles still happen? You know, we use that word miracle a lot in a lot of different ways. When our team wins, it was, a, it was a miracle. You know, March Madness is going on. When the underdog wins, it was a miracle. You know, when you go to Walmart and there's two registers open, it's a miracle, right? We, we use miracle a lot, but, but miracles really do still happen. What if I told you that recently, through our international missionaries with the Southern Baptist Convention, that a miracle took place? I got an email this week about how uh, an an apprentice to a witch doctor in Southeast Asia became an evangelist. Miracles still happen. I want to share a little bit about that uh, from that email this morning. And it was about, uh, they've changed the name for safety, but it's about someone named Choi in Southeast Asia. Choi was seeking God, she said. She believed that here on earth there was a God of all of this that created everything and she was seeking God and her s- steps to seeking landed her with the witch doctor in the village and she began to hear what the witch doctor had to say and what the witch doctor taught and then she had this encounter where she was frightened because she encountered an evil spirit She encountered a demon in her words. And it wasn't until these missionaries entered into this village, this remote village where it's hard to get even a vehicle into it. It wasn't until they entered there and they were sitting in this village area. And and Choi happened to to be one of the people there that night when the missionaries arrived. They were speaking Thai language. They were speaking English. And they were also speaking the, the local dialect of that area. It was in that moment that, that Choi asked about God because she had been seeking of God. And the missionaries were, were able to share with her an, uh, an audio Bible because Choi couldn't read. And when Choi heard the, the scriptures coming from that audio Bible, she stood up and she said, I knew that it was true. I knew that there was, some, that there, there was a God. I knew that there was a real God, and you have brought the real God to me. In the days that followed that, Toy took that copy of that audio Bible, and in her hut there in that remote village in Southeast Asia, she began to invite one by one people that she knew to come and to hear about the one true living God. Miracles still happen, my friend. Miracles still take place. And this one verse today is about the God of miracles. It is about the God of miracles and the work that he accomplished for you and for me. It is about the work of grace and mercy. It is about a resurrected living Lord that was delivered over, traded for our sins so that he might be raised for our righteousness. And that's why I, I share this with you today. That's why it's worth your time being here this morning. Because as we look at this together, it's important because it accentuates for us our standing before God. And if we've placed our faith in Christ and we follow Jesus, this verse accentuates for us the miracle of Jesus' resurrection as we move towards Easter this year. Today we focus on this miraculous facet, and I want to unearth three components with you this morning from this one verse. In this reflection, it leads us to our big idea for today, and our big idea for today is this, our miraculous standing is due to a miraculous Savior. Our miraculous standing is due to a miraculous Savior. So let's look at these three components together this morning after reading Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Let's read that verse together. And Paul's writing about Christ here. This is what he writes. He, being Jesus, was delivered for our trespasses and raised for our justification. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Now, where this verse sits in the scope of Romans, Paul is, has, has given this argument about, about Israel and about Abraham and God working through that. But now Christ has fulfilled all of this because he was delivered up and raised for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So the first component I want to share with you this morning is that Christ was delivered for deliverance. He was delivered for deliverance. Now it seems that over the, the last few years there's been a growth in delivery business, right? There's been a growth in delivery business. Companies like Grubhub. DoorDash, uber eats we see all these commercials where in indianola we're just surprised the pizza hut makes it through our house it, it finds it they find it okay right so we don't have all those conveniences just yet maybe but the delivery business is booming you see ace hardware and lowe's and home depot they're delivering you know needs for the home project that you've been working on you've seen those commercials or maybe experienced some of that you know the contact Contactless delivery. And we can't forget about the king of delivery, Amazon Prime, right? Amazon Prime. Who doesn't have it? And not many people don't have it. Two-day shipping, right? And, 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 and COVID came along and messed that up, and we missed our two-day shipping with Amazon Prime, right? But delivery is a big business. Delivery is roaring in the 2020s. And what we see in this verse is that Jesus was delivered. Jesus was delivered up. Some version says in in that one verse that Jesus was put to death. But literally in their language of the New Testament, it just simply reads, delivered up. So the implication there that Paul is giving to his audience is that he was delivered up to death. But he was delivered. He was delivered. And and this was foretold. So let's back up to our facet of prophecy last week. In Isaiah 53, which we touched on last week, this same word for delivered up used here is used twice, both in verse 6 and in verse 12 of Isaiah 53. That prophecy about the Messiah, that prophecy about Jesus, of being delivered up, that prophecy comes to fruition, and Paul is saying that that has taken place, and it's a miracle. And it's it's not a miracle, it's a miracle that Jesus delivered up, but he was delivered up for our deliverance, so that we might be delivered from condemnation. We might be delivered from a place known as hell. We might be delivered and have eternal life. He was delivered for our deliverance. And, friend, that's a miracle. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying here in this first part, in this first component, is that Jesus was given over. He was delivered over, and death is the understanding context for the audience. Now, if something is delivered, someone's got to be delivering it, right? So we're, we're looking at this verse, and Paul says, hey, Jesus is delivered. He's been delivered up to deliver us from sin. But if something is delivered, who's the one delivering it? Well, I invite you to flip over or scroll over to Romans chapter 8. We've got to look over four chapters to find the answer that Paul gives. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Because when something is delivered, there's someone that is actually delivering it. Jesus was delivered for our deliverance, but who delivered Jesus? Who, who delivered Jesus up? Paul says this in Romans 8.32. He's speaking to God the Father here. He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Goes back to John 3:16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. So how does that play out? How does Jesus' teaching in John 3 play out? Well, Paul says in Romans 4, 25 that he was delivered up. And then four chapters over in Romans chapter 8 says, God the Father delivered him up out of his love for us. That even though we were trapped and chained in sin, even though we were messed up because of our sin, even though we were in darkness and he is a holy God, he loved us so much that he delivered up his only son to deliver us from sin. He delivered up the light of heaven to deliver us from the shame and guilt of sin. My friend, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. And it's a miracle that it was all planned out. Did you realize that? It's all been part of God's plan. I want to read Genesis three fifteen. Genesis 3, in, in, in God's word is known where the fall of man took place, where sin entered and chaos ensued. But God had a plan, and we know that plan from Genesis 3, verse 15. Listen to what's written in Genesis, the very first book of Scripture. I will put hostility between you. He's speaking to the the devil right here. He's speaking to Satan. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Right there in that verse is the seed of a Messiah to come. And the Messiah's name is Jesus. So, Paul says in Romans chapter 4 that that Christ is delivered up. And then he says in Romans chapter 8, God loved us so much that he delivered his own son. But it was all the divine plan, all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, that Jesus, the hero of the story, would enter in to deliver us from our sin. That's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Jesus is in the business of miracles. Jesus being delivered made a way for us to deliver us from our sin. And this deliverance is a miracle. He was delivered for deliverance. Delivered so that we might be delivered from sin. But we also see in this verse, Romans chapter 4, verse 25, the next component, we see that Jesus was also traded. He was delivered but he was also traded he was traded for trespasses several months back we were at my family's house my mom and dad's house down in south mississippi and so i took my son evan in there into the the closet in the guest room and we began going through all the old baseball cards see back in the day when i was about fourth and fifth grade collecting baseball cards that's where it was We'd bring our folders to school and before class or during recess or after school. We'd be trading it up, right? We I'd go to card shows and try to find a rare card and I'd have my my Beckett magazine to see how much they, they cost and all that kind of stuff. And we were going through there's been actually in the industry of trading cards, there's been this big boom over the last year to 18 months. That that all these trading cards are it's just been attractive to people. I don't know if being home it gave them something to do or whatever, but the, the trading card industry has boomed, okay? So I want you to go home, all you and get all your cards, all right? Get all the sets, all right. And I want you to you can get on eBay and find out how much you can sell them for, but just remember to tithe on it, amen. All right. We want to redeem that money, okay? We want to redeem all the Pokemon money. We want to redeem that money, all right? But Jesus was traded. For our trespasses. He was delivered up to deliver us from sin, and he was traded for our trespasses. You know, when we trade or we hand over something, we get something in return, right? That's why it's called a trade, right? You give something, you get something in return. It's a transaction. The miracle of the resurrection, the miracle of Easter is that a transaction for your soul has been made. A divine transaction has taken place. Listen to what scholar Leon Morris notes. Leon Morris says this Paul is affirming strongly that it was for our sins that Christ died and that he perfectly accomplished our justification. A divine trade took place on Calvary, an eternal transaction was debited when Jesus was delivered. And those that will believe in him by faith and by faith alone, they receive hope and eternity because he was traded for our trespasses. He took on the weight of our guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is a heavy backpack to walk around with. But it's in Christ that we can trade that backpack of guilt and shame And we can rest in the grace and the mercy and the hope that is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Because he was traded for our trespasses. The light of heaven was traded for our dark sin. This is like a rookie Babe Ruth card being traded for a Bob Euchre rookie card. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Logically, it doesn't make sense. But that's the beauty of the gospel. It doesn't make sense in our mind, but it makes sense in eternity because that's how much Jesus loves you and me. That he was traded for our trespasses. That he was delivered up for our sin. That he would take on our shame and guilt. That on the cross he would bear the wrath of the holy God in the weight of all that sin upon him. He would die the death that we deserved and then he would be raised to live again. there's hope in that my friend if you've never trusted in jesus i implore you to trust in him today because he was traded for our trespasses and finally the last component he was raised so he was delivered for deliverance he was traded for our trespasses and he's raised for our righteousness that's what we see in hebrews 4 25 he is raised for our righteousness you know many of us you know when we think about a courtroom Many of us think about jury duty, or at least the time we forgot to go to jury duty, right? But we've all seen the footage of the person on the news that is freed after being in prison for a crime they didn't commit, right? We've all seen those, those stories on the news that show the joy and the, the jubilation. Or maybe we watch movies like Just Mercy, And we see someone that's been incarcerated for a crime they had nothing to do with, they did not commit, finally, after years and even decades, gaining their freedom, right? Imagine if that was you. Imagine if you stood in that courtroom and you were completely innocent and you didn't have anything to do. Imagine the exhilarating feeling you would have in your heart and in your life and the emotions you would deal with. When, you, when it was said that you were no longer guilty, but you were free to go. No, no longer would you have to deal with the concrete walls, the cells, the bars, the smells, the fence. None of that anymore. You were free to go on your own. Think about the exhilarating feeling you would have from your toes all the way up to the top of your head, how you would feel when the judge said in the courtroom that you're no longer considered guilty, but you're free to go. You're now innocent. That's what justification is, spiritually speaking. Christ, as Paul writes here in Romans chapter 4, 25, that he was raised for our justification. He was raised so that we would have a right standing before God the Father. No longer would God see our sin in our account, but he would see the righteousness of Jesus in our account. And he would say, you're my child. You're free. Come on in. And that's what Paul's getting across here. That Christ was raised for our justification. But friend, that's what happens when you place your faith in Jesus. He no longer sees in your account the, the ugliness of sin and all the bad decisions and everything else, but when we place our faith in Christ, we are regenerated, we are justified, we have a right standing before God the Father because Christ was raised for our righteousness. He was raised for our just, to complete our justification. But in a room this size, I'm not going to make an assumption that everyone here has placed their faith in Jesus because that would be a false assumption. In a room this size with this number of people, I'm not going to make a false assumption that everyone is truly a follower of Jesus. And so if you have not truly trusted Jesus and followed Jesus in an authentic way with all of your heart and confessed with your mouth that he's Lord and Savior of your life and repented of your sins and put your hope in him and him alone, I implore you to make that decision today, to move from the guilt of sin and shame into the freedom of all eternity. Maybe you're here today and life's gotten the best of you lately. And maybe today the calling for you is to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus, and Jesus will reestablish the flag of freedom in your heart and in your life. Because he's alive, because he's still in the business of doing miracles. And he was raised for our standing, for our justification. You see, Paul illuminates in this verse... That Jesus was delivered to death to atone for our sins and to raise, be raised to guarantee our justification. Did you know in the business world, you can say, if you're selling a product, that you can say there's a lifetime guarantee, but it only has to be 13 years. See, you read the fine print, you learn a few things, right? You can, you can advertise it, lifetime guarantee, if the lifetime's 13 years, but after 13 years, it, it, it's all void. That's not the guarantee of Christ. The guarantee of the risen Lord that was raised for our righteousness, that was raised for our standing, is an eternal guarantee of hope and eternity in his presence, eternal life in the presence of the one that gave his all for you and for me. His sacrificial death and resurrection, there are two threads in the fabric of salvation. And that's a miracle. It's a miracle that Jesus sacrificially died in our place, and it's a miracle he rose again to guarantee our righteous standing before God the Father. Remember our big idea? Our miraculous standing is due to a miraculous Savior. Our miraculous standing is due because of our miraculous Savior. And that's what I want for you today, my friend. I want you to place your faith in the miraculous Savior that he would do a miracle in your life. I want you to to place your faith in him and in him alone. If you are a believer in in Christ, I want you to worship him and praise him. And as we sang about earlier, I want you to be amazed each and every day at your standing before a holy God because of a risen Savior whose name is Jesus. I want you to recognize your miraculous standing through the power of God. Now, what does that mean for our daily life when we think about this power of the resurrection, this miracle of a risen Savior that has completed and guaranteed our justification? That means there is freedom from the guilt of sin. No longer do we have to carry the backpack of guilt around, and it gets heavy, and it gets cumbersome, and we grow weary. No longer do we have to do that in Christ, because in Christ, there is freedom from that. There is hope for all of eternity. There is not hope for something better that's going to happen in my life in this world. No, there is an eternal hope to know that God's will is going to be done, and his will is a perfect will. A good heavenly father has a perfect plan, and I get to dwell in that. That's my hope, not hope that tomorrow is just going to be a better day. No, it is an eternal hope. And finally, there is a purpose for today. There is a purpose that you and I are called out to as we follow the risen Lord, the miracle worker, the way maker. There is a purpose for your life, for my life. There is a purpose of being a part of this church to build the kingdom of God, to live out the mission of God for the glory of God. And that's worth giving your life for. And the reason we give our life for that is because Jesus was delivered up to deliver us. Just like Choi just like Choi in that village in Southeast Asia. She had been looking for it. She had been hoping for it. She had been seeking it out. And it came when she met Jesus. That's what I want for you, my friend. I want you to know that what you're looking for, just like Choi, Jesus is the source of it. Jesus and Jesus alone, the risen Lord, the resurrected risen Lord, the miracle worker, the way maker, he is the one that provides it. Because our miraculous standing is due to a miraculous Savior. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today. As we close this time, I pray that we don't close our hearts. As we close out this time, God, I pray that we don't close off what you're saying to us by the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that we don't close off to what you want to do in our heart and in our life, within the life of our family. I pray we don't close off to that. Lord, I plead with you, I pray that for everyone here today, we wouldn't be closed off to just start another week. And I pray that we wouldn't be checking off something to just start another week. But I pray that you would awaken within us the understanding of of your love for us, of your grace for us, but also your calling for us. And I pray that as we are sent out to be your church this week, God, that we would trust you and we would faithfully follow you and we would seek the things of you and not the things of this world. And, Lord, I pray that there's one here today that's been sitting on the back burner and they've never publicly said, I follow Jesus, or they've never publicly said, I'm going to be obedient in baptism, or they've never publicly joined a a faithful, faith family of believers, and they want to be church members here, to be a part of the mission of God together. Lord, I pray that that decision would be made today for your glory, God. I pray for the one that's watching or listening today. They're on a journey, and I pray that they would reach out to us for whatever decision they have. They would send us a message. They would give us an email or a call. We want to journey with them as well. Lord, there may be one here today. And you've been dealing with them, and you've been working with them. You've been speaking to their life, and they're, 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 they're right up on that line of obedience. Maybe after we're dismissed, when no one else is around, they would come back in. I would love to pray with them. I would love to talk with them. I would love to share with them. It may look different than it's looked in the past when it comes to making a decision, but it doesn't mean we put the decision off. Lord, this is your time and it's your moment. May we understand that you've been delivered up to deliver us. You were traded for our trespasses and you were raised for our righteousness because you and you alone are a miraculous living Lord and Savior. Lord, have your way among us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.